episode 11 of the Wheelhouse podcast is coming at you right now. My name is Joel Spreadborough. Catherine Bates is also here. Now, I'm calling you Catherine. It's a formal day. It is. Oh, I didn't put on my formal attire, my frock, and you're not in your tuxedo. I know. I left it I left it on the kitchen bench. But we, <laughs> we have upped, upped the, the set. Uh, as you can see, we've got rainbow graphics uh, in honour of a very special occasion. Just very quickly, episode 10, I missed it. Uh, there was a fill-in, though. Some really handy bloke. He was good. What's his name? Some guy named... K- Cadel Evans. Cadel Evans, yes. Yeah. The one and only Cadell Evans dropped wow. into the wheelhouse bunker, Joel. I'm sorry, you were out on the bike. I couldn't get a hold of you. <laughs> I think you were testing out your new chamoose. I was. Um, I because Champs' kit did arrive. And uh, look, we, we won't labour too much on the chamoose. I feel like we've been talking about um, your butt every episode for the a little while Benno now. The old Ben O'Connor's, yeah. I, but it was good. You oh, mate, let, let just, well, let's just pad out the chat quickly <laughs> and I'll tell you that a good hour and a half didn't feel a thing. Oh, excellent. Didn't feel a thing. I don't, I don't want to get too complacent, but <laughs> just bring on. Bring on coarse Wollongong. Oh, beautiful. Well. Well. Look. Segway. We are going to do a bit of a coarse recon of sorts today, Joel, yeah. but we are so excited and we're trying to be as formal as possible, even though we're not in formal garb, uh, because it's time trial. Time yeah, yeah. at the Wollongong World Championships, the time trial, the race of truth, they call it. I love that, the by the way. The race of truth. Yes. There's no hiding from the race of truth. There is not. It's the one event uh, in road cycling where, usually and without exception, I think that's a bit of a uh, contradiction there, but <laughs> yeah. any, you get my point, right? Absolutely. Uh, the, the best rider wins. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, nothing yeah. to do with the team, there's very little strategy in it. If you fall off, it tends to be your own fault. Uh, The only thing possibly is maybe a mechanical or something like that, but also that tends to be yours or your team's fault for the most part. So there's a lot less variables. Fastest rider to the end wins. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's old school racing. Now, what I I just quick, quick quirk, quick quirk question, if you don't mind. (laughs) Yes. You're getting very excited about the time trial and I'm excited too. We're going to be very excited throughout the course of this episode. You don't love them in the GTs, but you're okay... With the WCs? No, no. Teams time trials, I don't like. You just don't like the TTT in the GT. I don't like the TTT in the GT. But in the WC, just the TT. Just the T. Exactly. And the ITT in the WC as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good to clarify. Now, before we get into it, you're on board and literally on the board for Wollongong. You're also part of the broadcast team. Most importantly, your priorities and your commitments are with the Wheelhouse podcast. You got a little bit, a little bit on your plate, Kate, and uh, I think you got a bit of a little bit of help because your commentary guide has arrived. Oh yes, I was so excited. So this is my nineteenth World Championships, uh, Joel. Wow! I can confirm that most of them I've been lycra clad. We're in the chamois. Uh, I can yeah. also confirm there'll be less chamois on show <laughs> in Wollongong. <laughs> I think uh, the local small children are glad that I won't be trouncing around uh, in said lycra. Yeah. But it is really exciting to see it from both angles. Uh, and I guess a home world championships is a really rare opportunity, whether you're a rider or an official. And for me to be able to be part of the broadcast on home world championships oh, yeah. is an absolute thrill. And it's something I didn't ever imagine that I'd get to do. I didn't actually get to ride a home world championships. Yep. Uh, so for me, this is kind of the next best. So that'll be on Stan and uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, but also then, of course, we're taking the wheelhouse down there, Joel. So that will be thrilling. And um, 
yeah, you know, part of the board. It's been really special to see this event come together mm. uh, through very challenging times, I might add. Yep. Uh, through all of COVID, Wollongong had um, a terrible weather event with some quite significant flooding of course, as yeah. well. And I think big kudos go to the organisers and everybody involved uh, in pulling this together. We've got some pretty motivated uh, people down in Wollongong who've worked their butts off, can I say. Yep. Uh, it is. It's kind of a special moment. Look at me. I'm all like gushing all about it. But it is. But oh, look, and so yeah. you should be. You've put, you've, uh, look, if I may, just a quick shout out. You've put so much work in. Obviously, you're placed on the broadcast team, but putting this event together as well, being such a big part of that. So... Enjoy it. I'll try. I'll Thank try you. not to get in your way too much. The wheelhouse will continue. <laughs> the wheels will continue to turn. Very excited. The wheelhouse to be in the gong as well, of course. Yes. But uh, congratulations to you and good luck. And Thank I hope you. you did read your contract closely in case there wasn't a clause that says chamois clause. <laughs> I missed that if it was there. But you you bring up a very good point, which is. I've got all these guides. So my commentary guide arrived, but it was one of about 10. I feel like you need a thesis uh, <laughs> in, in you know, Elite Cycling World yeah. Championships 101. I have a commentary guide. I have a media guide. I've got a technical guide. I've got a production guide. I'm trying to make sense of all of it. The commentary guide, though, absolute cracker, Joel. Yeah. I hope I'm not giving away any industry secrets here. But, you know, you watch the Tour de France and we worked on the Tour de France last year together, Joel, and you listen to the commentators. They know every castle. They know all the history. It's really quite remarkable and it adds beautifully yeah. to the coverage. A lot of the time you're watching the Tour de France, listening to uh, these pieces of history and thinking this is a region I'd like to visit, both because of the visual elements of it, yep. but also the beautiful descriptions. They get a commentary guide. Oh, big so they <laughs> not only I'd like to visit yeah. it, and I'd love Matthew Keenan to be my tour guide because he's a French historian of epic. He is no yeah. well. Look, if you took Matt Keenan and the commentary guide, you'd be on a winner. Oh, you'd be on a winner. Yeah. And so I went through <laughs> this with a bit of an Aussie focus, and I thought, Joel, we're going to get ours back because we're going to be down there together uh, for the wheelhouse. We've struggled through a few pronunciations. I love here? that you're saying we have. We I, have. I, geez, I appreciate that, Kate. I, I mean, we didn't know how to say Vingago to start. I mean, yeah. we gave it every iteration, as to be did fair, every not, commentator. did most of the commentators. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But reading through this commentary guide, it occurred to me that some of the place names, because remembering that the whole Illawarra region, uh, there's a lot of naming conventions in traditional First Nations language. Yeah. So it's the land of the Darawal people. Their traditional land names and places. And I reckon Bit of the revenge. Europeans are going to have a heck of a time <laughs> trying to keep up. And I found a few uh, little examples. Um, one of them was Wanuna. Okay, yes. Yes. Coromel. Uh, Coromel, yep. Um, Wombara. Wombara, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I'm all uh, over there. This is great. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Rule. The Rule. Ostermeyer. Well. Not familiar with Ostermeyer. Gary. Yes, Gary, beautiful beach. Right. Uh, and then I, there were a few other funny ones that I thought the Europeans won't know what to do with. Do you like they'll say bully? Maybe they will. Bully. Or like the Kayama blowhole. They're yeah. possibly it's a bit a... curious about what that may be. What <laughs> <laughs> is Kayama blowhole? Yeah, okay. That'd be interesting. And then also, of course, the Bradman Museum uh, is in the area as well. So yep. there might be a little bit of cricket education uh, for our European friends. That's amazing. That's yes. amazing. In, in Bowral, of in, course, in as, Bowral. as they might say. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Beautiful town of Bowral. So I'm looking forward um, to them making their way down the coast uh, throughout the course, mm. attempting uh, to say these place names. We might have to get 
uh, Merksy, yeah. um, our executive producer, onto it um, to see if we can clip up some of those very funny uh, attempts. I, I think I will go around with a list of locations and just 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 run a little bit of a test and yes. just see. And look, thank you for saying we, but I do often struggle with names and locations and these complicated places in Europe like Paris and Spain <laughs> and Mont Londoon. Von Tux. Yeah, Mont Von Tux. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's good to get some revenge. Now, I want to talk about the entry list because there's there's 906 riders on the entry list and we've been teased with up to 1000 riders, but it's not a start list. It's still not a start list. It's not. And this is having all sorts of impacts, especially in the social media world, Joel, because people are trying to put together like their dream team or their ultimate picks. Yeah. But actually the start list isn't uh, released until the day before. And that's when the managers have to sign off on the final rider list. But what we've been given is the entry list. And that has all of the reserves, a lot of them non-travelling as well. Um, so I saw, for example, Australia has Rachel Nalen on the list, um, but she's not coming with the team. Okay. Um, she'll be in Australia because she wants to come home and see her family. Yep. Uh, and, you know, so that's an example. So I think that uh, people are starting to get a little bit frustrated with their virtual tipping games. Oh, playing Havoc. Playing Havoc. You know what it reminds me of? It's like uh, um, when you're getting married, the draft wedding invite list, oh, which is often controversial, ooh, hundreds long. Nobody should ever see the draft list. Oh, no. Oh, oh goodness, no. So how many have we got? 50. How many is in your draft list? 400. 908. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other really exciting thing I noticed too, Joel, is the Aussies have released a new kit. I love that. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Sharp. And, and, and a is. very important piece of kit as well. It is. And so it was designed uh, by a Calcadoon uh, lady, Sherney Sutton. And it's she did an artwork that's her interpretation of the Oz Cycling uh, Path to Reconciliation. They've turned that into a beautiful kit. It's the first time that an Australian cycling team uh, under the banner of Oz Cycling has had such a beautiful kit. We've done it at the Paralympics before, yep. uh, but not for Australian cycling specifically. It is just beautiful. So I'm really pleased that they've gone down that path. Uh, and Wollongong in particular has such a rich First Nations history. And I think that it is really wonderful with the world coming to our shores that they're really embracing that. Uh, yeah. And also the uniforms for the host hostesses. Yes. Which is to say the people giving the or, or giving the support in the medal ceremonies. Yep. Uh, they are also dressed um, by a local artist has designed those outfits. Beautiful. As well, Indigenous artists. So that's really cool. It's extremely like significant. It's a, yeah. it's a very significant thing and, 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 and good to see that kind of recognition getting into more sports. It has. Uh, and and the, but something that hasn't been unveiled yet, Joel, and I feel like with all my different uh, positions in this event, I, yep. I feel like I should know the answer to this one, but yep. we don't yet know what the athletes will receive on the podium. Oh. When they get their medals. A medal, of course, well, <laughs> other than a medal. And yeah. a jersey for the winner and yep. usually some flowers. But there's also usually like a, an animal or a, or a toy or a symbol of something local. Like at the tour, you know, the yeah, Credit Leon lion, they get that. What about a chunk of metal <laughs> from Port for, Kembla? Uh, it is. It was coal mining country. Do you think that's a chunk appropriate? chunk of coal. Blue steel. <gasps> We yeah, could get some. Steel. Uh, I said, what did I say? Metal, steel, <laughs> steel works. What am I talking about? We can do. Oh well, that's yeah. coal too. I think. Down what there. about a St George Illawarra Dragons jersey? No. Okay. What that's about a firm no from me? <laughs> or that would just be sacrosanct. No, uh, I'm thinking like a marsupial. Yes. Not a not a live marsupial. A possum roadkill. Uh, <laughs> 
That's a bit Actually, I will have to check social media and see yeah. if any of the uh, foreigners have had any encounters. Yeah, maybe um, a little lighthouse. With our local flora and fauna. Oh yes, a well, snow flag, globe lighthouse. flag stuff. Uh, yeah. Lighthouses on the course. I think we should so be part of this this decision because there's some good ideas being thrown around. <laughs> a chunk of coal. Why bit of metal. haven't they consulted us already? Now, on the Wheelhouse podcast, chatting about Wollongong World Champions, we're going to get into a time trial preview. I wanted, I'm just 80 countries coming along, which is just amazing. It is a lot of countries to get through, so it's it's easy to abbreviate them as they do in the Olympics and big events like that. The old three letter abbreviation is a big part of it. And it, beca- it can become just a tiny bit confusing from time to time. Okay. <laughs> well, how good your geographical knowledge? So this was something that I learned pretty early in the commentary days, actually, is figuring out all the abbreviations. And I do remember very clearly trying to figure out what the Austrian abbreviation would be ah. versus the Australian, because Australian is AUS. Yeah. Why does that get precedent yeah, over Austria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Austria is AUT for example. Um, and so I've pulled out a few because you're a very, you're a man of the world, Joel. And I know that you would have very sound geographical knowledge, right? Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Well, let, let me it. test yeah. you on a few. I'm so glad you're doing this <laughs> live. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for telling yeah, me. Yeah, No <laughs> worries. When I say I have your back, you'll not forget this. Um, RSA. What do we think RSA uh, is? That's uh, South Africa. Yes. Republic yeah. of South Africa. Good yeah. one. Um, NED. Netherlands, Netherlands, Netherlands yep. good one. Uh, BRN. I was, you know, I was, I was reflexively about to say Brisbane, but it's Bahrain. It's Bar- Bahrain, it right? It is Bahrain, yes. yes. Um, GUM. GUM would, would have to be Guatemala. Close. Oh, uh, no! Actually, no, geographically not close. It's Guam. Guam. Oh, it's Guam. <laughs> and this is the final one, and this is significant. E-R-I. E-R-I. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Estonia. But One no. of the highest profile athletes to come to our shores for the road race comes from E-R-I. Oh, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> Erinsborough? How long, can I, mate, how, how long can I draw this out for you? Erinaya? Eritrea. Eritrea? Erinaya? Eritrea. So, Binium Gourmet, he's heading out. He'll be a favy uh, for the road race. Okay. Like yeah, three right. out of five? There you yeah, go. No, I, yeah, I no, started off okay. Yeah, I, and I think that that's a good game for anybody to play um, with their significant other driving yeah. down the uh, coast to Wollongong. Absolutely. I can't, I'm can't. i still just sitting here yeah. spitting about like what Guatemala. What fun Guam. that will be as a car game. It's yeah. like bingo. Yeah. R-O-U <laughs> is quickly for you. R-O-U. Oh. Have I got you? You've got me. Have I got you with R-O-U? I didn't expect you to turn the tables on me. That's sneaky. That's very sneaky and cheeky. Uh, oh, you got me. Romania. Romania. R O U. Yeah, that's another. Oh, I, I, I would thought have I'd thought it was R O M. So yeah. I wonder what R O M is. Ah, uh, look. Well, uh, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, find, we'll put it in the uh, online at some point. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. All right. <laughs> now let's move on and have a little chat about the courses. So. The yes. elites, the, ju- the under-23s and the juniors are essentially riding the same courses. Um, Indeed. The Mount Kira Loop, the Wollongong Circuit, essentially. Pretty technical stuff for the most part. It is. So it's 34.2 kilometres uh, for the time trial. Uh, two laps um, in there. So 17.1 kilometres per lap. There's a hill. It's, it's a rise. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be important for the riders to really keep their tempo 
uh, up there, but it's a very fast circuit. They've it's largely hot mix, so they've relayed uh, a lot of the surface, which makes the rolling resistance low. Which is to say, Joel, they'll be travelling very quickly. Sure. The biggest thing to get in the way is the twenty-four corners per lap. Per lap is that twenty-four corners in seventeen point one k. Yeah, yeah. Right, so forty-eight corners total. You can therefore pretty easily deduce that if you're not too good at the corners, there could be a very significant impact uh, to your ride. So even if each corner costs you half a second, a third of a second, it all will add up. A lot of the corners, there's only one really hairy one, uh, but a lot of them are hairy enough that you do actually have to get out of your handlebars. So you have to sit up out of time trial position uh, and navigate your way around them. So I think okay. that will be a really interesting factor. It's going to play havoc with the aerodynamics and whatnot as well. Yeah, it yeah. really can. I mean, it's a it's a really good circuit. We love a good fast circuit. And over the years, uh, we've seen some pretty high average speeds. Uh, last year in Flanders, it was um, over 50k an hour for the women and 54k yeah. an hour for the men. Uh, but what's quite remarkable about this year in this edition, Joel, is it's the first ever time at World Championships that the women and the men are racing the same time trial distance. Okay, okay. So there's been a massive push across all sport for more gender equity. Yeah. Uh, and cycling's always lagged behind. Mm-hmm. Always different distances. Uh, historically, the men had more gold medals than the women, uh, which was always just a little bit odd. They've changed that. We've now got the same amount of gold medals. We've also got... Equal distance in the time trial. The women are setting off the World Championships as the first event, which I think is also really symbolic and really cool. So looking forward to that. Uh, And we'll get to compare them a little bit, which I think is really cool because I think the women will do better uh, than people might anecdotally think. Interesting. Um, You know, in a time perspective. So um, obviously they're still racing individual races. Uh, And it's also the first time that the under-23 women will get their own medal in Jersey. So that's significant as well. Yeah, yeah. Not a separate uh, race or separate category, but um, small steps. What a progressive World Cup. What a blast forward in Wollongong. It's fantastic. (laughs) It is. Now, these these corners, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the corners. Back to the corners. Is it like, you've crunched some numbers on times, I believe. Like, is is it... are we like the average time is going to go up with that that amount of corners? Surely it's not going to be as quick, or am I reading it wrong? No, no, that's that's a fair read on it, and I think the average speeds will be quite high. But the difference this year uh, is that there's an extra four kilometres for the women, so okay. it was thirty last year. So last year the winning time was around thirty six minutes. This year we're looking at the winning time based on the course, the profile, uh, to be closer to the forty two minute mark. Six minutes, that's nearly a 20% increase in time overall. That's pretty significant. And that could really turn the tide of of results um, and change who we may favour. And I suppose that's another bit of a quirk around the time trial at the World Championships. There's It's untested largely because they have very few throughout the year um, at all. A lot of them are then in the middle of tours. A lot of them are shorter distance. Uh, for example, the European Championships okay. uh, not too long ago, they were only 24 kilometres for both the men and the women, so 10 kilometres shorter than this. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yes, people are up and around, like you're either a good time trial rider or you're not, yep. but there's nothing really specific to compare. Uh, and so I think that that's a bit of a unknown element, especially when you throw in 
uh, a bit of a time differential. Yeah. But there have been some pretty tight uh, races over the years. You know, like we're, I'm talking that there have been time trials that the difference, the winning margin has been less than a second. Oh, love that. Right? Love so that. every single second, millisecond counts. And the corners, of course, will have a big impact on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Can't hesitate. Any advantage for local riders? I, I guess not as much, but... Uh, look, I think Grace Brown definitely yeah. um, will have an advantage because yeah. she's seen the course early um, and she's known how to prepare for that. Okay. That's about it, though, really. It's just about course recon oh, um, and yeah. whether the other teams have had the time to do the same considered course recon. Yeah. Because often, and this is a bit maybe a bit more relevant in the road race, but a course on paper looks very different to a course in real life. And that's what Cadell Evans told us uh, on episode 10, Joel, course, yeah. is that we think it's going to be a pretty fast time trial course. We yeah. think that the corners will have an impact, but sometimes not. Now, thankfully, dry weather is expected. So that's a very big one. But it's Wollongong. We see weather <laughs> systems blow in fairly quickly. You do, yeah. yeah and yeah. so it will then depend where you are in your start wave, it is feasible that some of the riders will be out there in the dry and others in the wet. Yep. And that could be a real deciding factor as well. It's uh, thwarted many an attempt of mine to do a beach run or a stair climb in the escarpment. <laughs> oh, it's raining. Better not we'll, do uh, it. We'll get you doing that uh, next week before now, the road race, Joe. <laughs> yeah. As On the Wheelhouse podcast, no promises, um, but... Easily digestible, mostly factual content coming your way. I want to talk about equipment. Now, as you know, I'm a newcomer. I, I look at the bikes, the time trial bikes, and, and for, for all intents, they look very similar mm. to, to normal bikes. I, I note there's two wheels. They have they have pedals. <laughs> there's handlebars. But they're when very you said different. they look very similar, I was like, is he taking the mickey here? Uh, but you're right. They do share those characteristics. Thank Handlebars, yeah. saddle, wheels, pedals. <laughs> it, time trial built, um, bikes are very much built uh, to be aerodynamic. And that yep. is the whole point of them. 80% of the wind drag comes from the person. The other 20% from the bike. But the relevance of the bike isn't just in the aerodynamics of the bike itself, but the position it allows the riders okay. uh, to get into. Um, so... Essentially, the smaller the silhouette you can create, you have to mould your body into a very aerodynamic position uh, on one of these bikes. They use um, special handlebars that they sit on, they lay down on, Joel, we've seen that. Disc wheels, there's some pretty tight regulations around them from the UCI about the design. They have to have, for example, um, a clear triangle in the middle of the frame. Okay. Um, and the basis for that is that these things go for 25 grand plus. Per bike. 25 grand a bike. <laughs> a Hang bike. on, let me do a quick sum. So that's that's approximately 18 of today Pogacha's TDF replica bikes. <laughs> yes, yes that for silent auction. We need to check yeah. on what it went oh, sorry, for. Sorry, no, 18 actually. time trial bikes for one Pog yes. bike. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. But it's they're very specialist geometry. But the, the whole idea is that there's some regulation around it so that nations can't just go and create this incredible design that goes very fast, but then it puts it out of kilter who has access to that. Okay. So they need to be commercially available bikes, uh, and then they have these guidelines, which more or less gives more access. In saying that, there will be a lot of riders out there who are not on uh, $25,000 machines. <laughs> and so I guess that's where the 
80% of your body being the drag yep. comes into where you can have a little bit more dif- difference. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm still stuck on the whole idea of a bike that you can lay down on. Well, that's I, yeah, that's maybe uh, not the correct term okay. now that now that you well, repeat that well, to you, me. You've oversold it to me because I, I was have. thinking I'll I save have. up 25 grand and instead of making a bid for Pog's bike, I'll buy a bike I can have a little lie down on. <laughs> no, well, it's, the positions are very uh, aggressive in so far as the handlebars are quite low compared to the seat. Sure. And you can then imagine and you can try this at home, Joel, uh, please film it because it'll be very funny for our viewers on social media, Uh, where your hamstrings, your glutes and your lower back have to be really flexible because your pelvic tilt forward to get lower on the bike. And if anybody's watching me, I'm using my hands in a bit of an odd way to try and describe this, hand describe it. Uh, Yeah, you need to be able to tip your pelvis way forward to get low, still be able to create power uh, in that position And the kicker is the more you move, the less aerodynamic you are. So you have to find a position that's almost like a contortion and hold it, produce high power and breathe with very high heart rates and steer at the same time. It's quite a skill. Sounds easy. Maybe I did. Maybe the lay down part was misleading. But just a touch. (laughs) Your your gestures don't do it justice. No, I don't Um, think they do. It's incredible. It is. It's all about essentially aerodynamics and playing tricks. On the air itself. It is, it's yes. <laughs> it's about like kind of tricking the air into thinking that the surfaces are more like an aerofoil wow. and uh, diverting the air away from creating any um, turbulence, turbulence. Okay. around the rider. Okay. I mean, I'm, this is not a technical description by any means. Uh, you can deep dive online. Um, be careful on Google. Yeah. Um, with what you deep, deep dive on. But yeah, yeah you, you can find a lot of info about it. So it is yeah. it is quite cool and there's a lot of nerds that get quite into, and non-nerds, yep. um, however you self-identify, uh, okay. who get quite into this kind of thing. So two Google things from today, the blowhole yes. and best positions. Oh my God. Okay, yep, I'm going to get good. fired from, from the wheelhouse. Oh, no, no, don't. No, Kate. Now, this is the Wheelhouse Podcast. For now, Kate Bates remains part of the crew. A very important part as well. Now let's let's look at some headline acts. Now for those watching on our Merc, our man Merksy has put together some beautiful graphics yes. uh, as always. He's for those very talented. Listening on, we're going to talk about them so no one misses out here on the wheelhouse. Now I'm going to start, if I may, with uh, ladies first in the race of truth. One very important part of one of my favourite cycling names. The Dutch Trident. The, d- <laughs> the Dutch Trident. Now, I'm going to talk to one prong of the Dutch Trident, Ellen van yes. Dijk. Now, she's a two-time world champion, uh, 2013, 2016. Now, just quickly, just quickly, she's affectionately known as the monster. How? How? Sorry, sorry. How is that affectionate? <laughs> I've never heard it, to be honest. Yeah. But I keep seeing it pop up in articles, affectionately known as the monster. I've known her for quite a while, um, 15 odd years, I suppose. And uh, I've never heard her call the monster. Yeah. But I suppose her time trialing style and ability would be. Um, so it's like beast mode. Kind of thing. It is She's beast okay. mode. She is absolutely tremendous. So there was uh, eight years before between her two victories uh, and she didn't go into the wilderness. She went sort of more into professional road scene and doing really well uh, on the road. Her time trials, she performed there and thereabouts, but just couldn't get back to that uh, top step. And to do so last year, uh, in she's 
Dutch, but it was in Belgium, but she had a lot of um, friends and family and home crowd there. Incredibly important. And Joel, I might be a little bit biased toward Ellen because my eldest daughter is named after her. That is uh, In fact, Eleanor. So I just think she's the most incredible athlete. She's a really nice person, uh, which is great. But more than that, I think in relevance for the time trial, she is just an incredible athlete. All heart and lungs. I love it. Yeah, the trident, she's sensational. The monster. Yeah, what? the monster. And she's also had 14 starts at the World Championships. So by far and beyond, the most experienced. Yeah, getting up there with your 19. Yeah, getting up there, yeah. yeah. If, she, if she keeps working hard, keeps her eye on the prize. Now, she wasn't in Tokyo. Uh, no, she why. wasn't in Tokyo because she broke her pelvis in quite a nasty accident uh, at the beginning of the season in 2021 and missed selection. No. Um, I think that was... She got Caleb. Yeah, I don't think that was a great decision, but she used it uh, to motivate her and so then came out and, and won the Worlds. Okay. Okay, mm. on the Wheelhouse podcast, let's go through our, our time trial contenders. Mm. Now, uh, another nickname here, uh, that I've the Eternal Bridesmaid yes. of Switzerland. <laughs> That's so quite a long nickname, but I like it. Uh, Marlon Rusa, uh, she is... One of the biggest talents, I think, to rise in the time trial ranks. She was second in 2021, second in 2020. I know that she is looking for a third time lucky. She is the current European champion. She beat Ellen van Dijk uh, by six seconds there. So she's on form uh, and she has a real focus on time trials. And she she races uh, on the road as well, uh, professionally with SD Works. But her focus like very narrow focus on the time trial has been really noted. And I think she'll come to Australia very motivated. Yep. So, and, and has has yep. put a puncture in the trident, has blunted the <laughs> trident. Indeed. That's, You're really persisting with this trident. I love the trident. I respect that. I just that. think it's fantastic. Let's, let's throw an Aussie into the mix now. Gracie Brown. Now, Gracie Brown. The race of truth is, is a pretty significant opportunity for Grace. It is. It, it's, Grace was a little bit later to the sport uh, than most. She's 30 years old, but came into it uh, after leaving running. She had a lot of injuries. She was an 800 metre runner, very mm-hmm. talented one, and quite a meteoric rise through the sport. But it takes some time to learn the arts and the craft of racing, you know, road racing. And she is coming along tremendously. Mm-hmm. But what she has is the heart and lungs and the tenacity and the real mindset uh, that when she starts hurting, she just digs in deeper. Okay. It's fantastic. And so that's where the time trial really suits her. She's yet to have that big result. Uh, she was she did win a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, uh, but in terms of against the Europeans, she's like the eternal just off the podium. So she's yeah. coming fourth is, is her least favourite but most achieved uh, spot at the big competitions. Yep. She's looking to elevate herself uh, onto that podium. One of many Aussies in the mix. I can just yeah. see. I can see already the the, the Yellowwara Mercury and all the papers. Uh, oh, if she going gets bananas. up, Oof. amazing Grace. Um, let Let's say join Headlines hands and say Grace. Already, yes. Yeah, it's that. Oh dear. Anyway, your mate. Let's finish in the women. So your very dear mate, AVV. Yes. <laughs> My mate. I love that. Uh, Anamik Van Vloten. Look, she has been two-time world champion as well, uh, 2018 and 2017. She's been on the podium. She was third in 2021, third in 2019. Yep. Always there and thereabouts. She's Olympic time trial champion. I don't think you can uh, really oversell her capabilities in every event when she gets on the bike. Uh, 
the corners, I think, are the one thing that could possibly bring her undone, although okay. her skills have been getting uh, better and better. So we'll see how she goes. But she'll have the engine. She's got the form. You know, she's been training very specifically for yep. Wollongong, not just the time trial, but also the road race. She had her had a sights set on it. And as we've said yep. before, when, when AVB has a sight set on something, everyone else just needs to look out. Now, a mm, couple of weeks shy of her 40th birthday yes, too. Yes, I was about so to ask. So flying the flag wow. uh, for women's endurance capacities, um, you know, after what is usually considered the prime, yep. uh, which is, you know, mid-20s. So... She's an exceptional role model. Yeah. Are you going to surprise mm. us all with a comeback? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Let's... Uh... No, that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> On the Wheelhouse podcast, it's all about Wollongong uh, World Championships, time trialling. We've been going through some of the female contenders now. As Waylon Smithers would say in The Simpsons, let's bring on the men and have a chat about <laughs> some of the contenders there. So Ghana, Filippo yes. Ghana, the Italian... Defending champion, the ITT, uh, Tokyo track gold medal as well. Yes. Hard to stop. Hard to stop. This guy's incredible. He is, I mean, if we're going to give out nicknames like the monster, I reckon Filippo Garner <laughs> yeah. should get that one. Yeah. Uh, the Italian also has a very single focus on time trials and timed events. And it's something that he absolutely excels in. He's a very big frame. And this is the same as Ellen van Dyke, actually. Uh, Ellen van Dyke is the tallest rider in the female peloton. Uh, Filippo Gunner is not the tallest in the men's, but he's 194 odd centimetres, very tall, uh, a lot heavier than most of the road athletes. He weighs yep. in around the 82 kilo mark. He is just all power and all muscle, so aerodynamic. He's spent so much time drilling in his position. He'll be really hard to beat. Um, you know, he's he's the world champion from 2021 and from 2020. Yeah. Uh, he's been on the podium earlier than that, so he's been kind of building to his rise. Yep. So, Hard to beat is a good theme. Yeah. Hard to beat is a good theme as we move through the contenders. So Ghana's right up there. Mm. Remco of Annapel here, obviously the, what, part of the Belgian Brigade, which is a phenomenal, a phenomenal team. One of your mates, but we'll get into it at another time. But anyway, let's talk about <laughs> Remco from now. Uh, recently crowned Velta winner. So I want to ask you quickly, tired legs, is there any risk? Yeah, there is a risk. You don't know how you bounce out of Grand Tours. Some Sometimes you bounce out fitter and stronger than ever, and sometimes uh, it goes the other direction. And, and I think that Jai Hindley, actually, some of his quotes during the Vuelta were saying exactly that. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought... My preparation, I thought I'd be in better shape than I am, but that just happens sometimes. So if we turn that lens on, Remco, uh, similar kind of thing. Now, he's been on the podium a number of times. Yep. Uh, he was third last year. He was second in 2019. Yep. He's a very good time trialist. On this kind of very fast course, uh, sometimes the heavier riders with just pure wattage have a little bit of an advantage. Okay. But in saying that, he came third last year on a very fast uh, flat course, but it was a home world championship. So there may have been that factor. The emotion. Yeah. So I, I think that he will be there or thereabouts, uh, but I probably put him slightly under the odds of Ghana uh, okay. to take the rainbow. Okay. European uh, TT champion as well. Is that right? Uh, no. So European this year, we actually had the battle of the Steffens. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. The Kung and the Bissiger. And we'll talk about... Um, Stefan Kung a little bit toward the back end. But that was also an example of where Filippo Gunner got beaten. He was third uh, in that battle. Yep. But again, I'm not sure that that will translate uh, to this one. Okay. Okay. Mm. Let's move on now. 
Uh, Australia. So, Australia. Australia. <laughs> Australia's sole medal winner from, from Flanders, I believe. Uh, silver in the under-23 time mm. trial went to Lukey Plapp. Now, he made his debut GT in Spain as well. Kid in the candy store. He he's, did. he's an excitable, an excitable young man. What, what is he there is. to be said about the youthful enthusiasm? <laughs> the enthusiasm. Uh, he is so incredibly talented. And uh, I've watched his progression uh, from when he was a young rider and he started out on the track. He still does a lot of track. Uh, and we used to commentate. Oh, I'll have to tell this one very quickly, Joel. He was a very good Madison rider. And his Madison partner uh, in juniors, when I first commentated on him, um, his surname was... Um, boff. And so I had to say plap and boff for, you know, 45 minutes straight. And I just couldn't stop giggling at it because I thought it sounded like a pub name or the name of a brand like plap and boff. It's fantastic. It is. Yeah. yeah, Anyway, now it's just plap. So it's not quite quite as fun. I'm missing boff. But anyway, uh, look, he's so talented. Uh, He rode Commonwealth Games in the time trial and we thought that he could uh, take away the gold there. We thought that he and Rowan Dennis could be head to head, but he actually had a little bit of difficulty with his equipment choice where Filippo Gunner, um, to backtrack a little bit, rides this beautiful bike setup with a single chain ring and no front derailleur. And he does that for aerodynamics and performance. Yep. Luke Plapp decided at Commonwealth Games to go with a similar setup. The minute that he left the start ramp we thought this is a this is an interesting choice because it was a course that didn't have a lot of hot mix there are a lot of um you know dodgy road conditions I would say and interesting corners with without smooth edges and ultimately it brought him undone because he hit one of uh these corners with a little bit of uneven road surface and dropped his chain because of the no derailleur uh so I think that this course is a lot safer for that. But I think that was a little bit of an experience on his part. Sure. That he knew that he was in good form and he thought he'd go for that extra little edge. Uh, and ultimately, that is the athlete's choice. But he'll have learned from that and yeah. Wollongong will be a new opportunity. And every time he races a time trial, he gets better. So he'll be on or around the podium. I think Amazing. he. I think he can sneak onto the podium if he has a... You know, and nothing go wrong day. Okay. One of mm. them days. One the, of them Wool- days. Wollongong is just designed to have perfect yes. days. It's a beautiful place. So Grace Brown and <coughs> Lukey Plapp on the podium. You've heard it here first. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm so excited that I just need to clear my throat. <coughs> now, I'm excited because we haven't got to one particular individual yet. Uh May have heard of him, future king of Slovenia, three-time Tour de France winner. We're talking about Pog. We're talking about Pog. Righty, yes. Pogaccia. And uh, I think that everybody knows uh, Pogaccia mostly from his Tour de France victories. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about his time trialling ability is that it's actually largely untested in an individual capacity yes, like was, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an exceptionally good to a time trialist, exceptionally good. Uh, he has won two at the Tour de France and come third in the other two uh, that he's done, some of them very long distance as well. Um, and of those four, three of them were on courses that you could compare. One of them was up um, La Planche de Belfile, up a mountain. Don't think that we can count that. So he's kind of a smoky. 
because he's very capable. He is riding it. He's in very good form at the moment, um, having just raced in uh, Canada, in Quebec, and had some uh, great success there. Yep. But we don't really know. You, you never write him off, and especially when he's actually lining up for the World Time Trial well, Championship. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But outside of tours, uh, we're not sure how he, how he time trials, if he can lift another level, which riders like Ghana can. So... Well, he's put some focus on it, obviously, no, skipping skipping Spain. Yes. So, I don't know. It's it's similar to the AVV thing. Is that once it's in the crosshairs, everyone else may maybe maybe look out. We'll see. Exactly. I think the big question is: Will he auction off a replica of his Wollongong <laughs> time trial bike? Well, if he wins, probably. Okay. Yes. Okay. We'll get in. We'll get in with a bid now. Finally, uh, Stefan Kung. Now, you wanted to talk about the speedy Swiss. Is he your? He's not your pick. He's, he's he's up there with with Ghana for you, isn't he? Is that is that correct? Or yeah, look. So he was actually Stefan Kung was second at the European Championships. Stefan Bissiger, the other Swiss, uh, was first. I don't rate Bissiger nearly as highly, which is why I've put Kung in our top five. Uh, really, really consistent time trialer. He was a European champion last year, uh, and we've got images of him in the European champions jersey, uh, of course, from that victory. But he's also really consistent. Um, and each year he's been getting a little bit better in his time trial abilities, Joel. And Switzerland has a long history of exceptionally good time trialers, from Fabian Cancellara uh, in the men's to Karen Turek and uh, Priska Dotman in the women. The Swiss just precision. Yeah, maybe it's something yep. about their watches and everything that they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, be, like Tissot timing, for, uh, precision yeah. timing. Um, so <laughs> they've also got the extra incentive of do it for Roger, of course. Roger exactly. Federer bowing He's out. He's retired uh, now. So look out. Do it for well. They're now vying for like the equivalent of the British spotty, like yeah. the sports personality of the year. Wow! If Roger Federer's gone. Um, you know, step in, step in the cyclist. Step in, step up, step on. But it's going to be, the time trial is going to be an absolute cracker, Joel. So. Okay, really? Okay, on the Wheelhouse podcast, we've gone through 10 contenders. My maths might not be great. Been through a few contenders. (laughs) I'm going to give you a quick count for your overall male, overall women. We'll start with the men. One, two, three, go. Filippo Gunner. One, two, three, go. Ellen Van Dyke. Ellen Van Dyke. You didn't say Gracie. Gracie. That's okay. (laughs) I just call it Gracie. we can. She won't mind. Liberties. Uh, yeah. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, thank you so much for the insight, Kate. And uh, can't wait to see it unfold. Blink and you miss it sort of action, obviously, over the short course. Uh, plenty of turns. Yes. There will be plenty of twists and turns yeah. on Literally. and off the track. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The cliches are rolling on the Wheelhouse <laughs> podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Very, very excited. Wollongong is finally here. Kate Bates, have fun. See you down there, Joel. See you there. Thanks for joining us. The Wheelhouse is produced by River City Studios for Listener. Executive produced by Luke Mears and the Mysterious Merksy. It's written and hosted by Kate Bates and me, Joel Spreadman.